What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Linda Chica, coming live and direct from The Six. So on today's show, I'll be featuring Professor TNT. I'm pleased to welcome Harvey Sahadeo on today's show. Harvey, I'd first like to say thank you, my friend, for being on my show. And for those of you who do not know Harvey, he's a multi-talented rapper songwriter, producer, and beats maker. Yeah, folks, he makes his own beats. And that is absolutely incredible. He's legendary in the Miami music scene and has a ton of other hidden talents, which we're going to learn more about on today's show. Harvey, tell us, how did you get into the music industry? Man, it was uh, it was by chance, really. You know, um, my accident happened when I was 16 years old. Uh, me and my friend was like just playing around and uh, I fell forward. I broke my neck when I was 16 years old. That's back in 1996. And um, I just I just went into like a serious depression because before that I was training to go to the Air Force. So I already had my pilot's license before my driver's license and stuff like that. So by the time I was 18, I would have already been in the Air Force. So at that time, you know, when people say that, you're, you know, before you die, you see your life flash before you. It was exactly what I saw. I saw all of that, me flying planes and all of that just just went up in in the loop you know so for me it was like um i'm there and, and i was like i was such so depressed my girlfriend at the time was like why don't you just write about what you feel so i started writing i started writing a lot before that i used to write like little skits and stuff like that um when we used to like rap and stuff in school and and different uh, old guys would know what i'm talking about being in around the gym and bebopsing and spitting lyrics and stuff like that so i started writing more and before i know it my lyrics started uh, my 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 thoughts started turning into lyrics and then um fast forward to like maybe four or five years when i was like 19 20 a friend of mine was like yo we should record this so i got a little tape player a little synthesizer and we started recording things i bought a, a very cheap uh task cam uh mixer that i started recording my stuff made a little tape 
Yeah, I made a little mixtape back in the days. They call it mixtape now. These mixtapes is not mixtapes. Mix CDs and mix all kind of other MP3s and stuff. So I, I made like a few copies for some friends. Uh, a friend of mine uh, took it to his friend. His friend, little that I know, was uh, um, a promoter. And he owned a club called Reds down in South Beach. So they started playing it there. And it was so big that the, the manager was like, yo, I want this guy to come perform. So they didn't know I was in a wheelchair. So when I got there... They was like, oh, man, I was like, you're in a wheelchair? I was like, yeah, I was like, damn. So one of the other managers was like, how the hell are we going to get him up on stage? Because, you know, it was like an open mic night at the same time. You had Pound 96, all these big DJs was there, DJ Laz, Epps, all these guys. And um, they was like, we'll figure out a way. They got some bouncers to take me up because I'm in the wheelchair, take me up to the up to the stage and I was telling my friend, I was like, bro, I can't hold the mic. He was like, bitch, I'll hold the mic for you. You got any more excuses? And I was like, nah, <laughs> let's do it. So, and I performed like two songs. In the beginning of the song, uh, and one of the songs, um, they, 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 they was watching like, oh man, is this guy's going to give us like a little, uh, speech about drinking and driving and being paralyzed? But they, right away, they already saw that. No, okay, I came here to spit. And when I spit, I want, not only did I win the competition, but at the end, the crowd was like, it roar. A little did I know that there was a representative from Sony that was, uh, that was in the crowd. And when, after I finished and I came off stage, she came up to me and she gave me her card. She asked me if I have any more like that. And I said, yes. And, uh, had a meeting and I got signed with Sony in 2000 for three years. And I was doing stuff there. I was even, uh, mentoring other upcoming artists about writing skills and stuff like that. So that's really how it happened. And then I started doing my own thing. Uh, um, I met a guy there named Daddy Fire. He was Guyanese. Um, rest in peace you know what i'm saying uh he, he passed away a uh, good 10 years now but he he uh he pulled me in he was like yeah us indian people need to stick together and i was like, okay i didn't know what he meant at the time but he uh he does he does reggae hip-hop at that time and i was doing rap uh soca at that time so um he pulled me in and uh, he started teaching me how to build your own studio how to get your own record label how to do everything and he was my mentor and he teach me everything and i started doing it from there and Every now and then, you know, um, you know, I do stuff and I, like most of the time I just do stuff for fun. But then Trinidad heard it and it was like, yo, who is this guy? Professor TNT. And I was like, I want him down here. So then my cousin down there set up everything with all the radio station. I dropped the album in 2001, went down there, uh, performed it at Screamers when Screamers were Screamers at that time. Um, that was, I think it's like a casino or something, but performed at a couple clubs, was on a, uh, about, about five different radio stations and, I was showing people a different side of soca music. I was uh, on a hip hop beat. I was doing soca, and when on a soca beat, I was doing rap. So I was kind of infusing the two, and that's where we are today. Awesome! Very cool. And I noticed that you do quite a bit of hip hop, reggae, soca, and I even seen some R and B. Tell me a bit about your music. <laughs> I was shocked, my friend. My Not music. gonna lie. <laughs> My music is like real versatile, you know, like I, I try to keep it, you know, in the in the boundaries of what I could do and what I can't do. But it's so it's so it's so vast of what I can do. I just I don't limit myself to what I what I should do. I limit myself what I can do, you know, so I just try to go out there and just, uh, do as much as I can. If I enjoy it and the guys that I'm recording with in the studio at the time while I'm recording, if they enjoy it, I know other people are going to enjoy it. So. Um, I, I'll do the reggae, I'll do the hip hop, I'll do, I mean, one person was like, okay, but can you do chutney? And then one time I did a chutney song and it was like, oh shit, okay, we can't even touch this guy. Cool. That's awesome that you're very versatile and you're able to do, you know, all different genres. That is super, super cool. And let me tell you, that is not easy by no means. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's especially not. Especially the critics, especially when you're in a studio with a guy who that does reggae and it's like oh that's a wicked reggae song or when you're in a guy that does chat me and be like oh that's a wicked chat me song you know and i haven't done a lot you know i just done i just done it for them to say just say that i can you know but my main thing is rap hip-hop you know what i'm saying i love speaking about the truth and you know, even on my facebook people see the truth i say things people don't want to say and i make jokes that people don't want to make you know like a lot of my guys was like hey i want to say this but i can't but i know you can you know, because I don't want to get in trouble with, uh, the, you know, my job or this one, that one, people, family, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, yo, tell me what you want to say and I'll say it for you. you I know? absolutely love that. No filter. Come on. We're in 2020. Why do we need to be censored? Let's be real. Right. I say it like, look, I have a, I have a crew <laughs> that I have a crew that I roll with, you know what I'm saying? And if they laugh at every joke, 
even the other day when I made about the Guyanese joke, I even told my <laughs> friends, I was like, should I even post it? I sent it to like about 10, 20 of my Guyanese friends. It's like, you did not send it to me this, though. Just no, saying. But this is, I'm just saying, but those yeah. are the people that like, I really trust. Cause you know, they, they'll, they'll, they've been there from day one and they right. know my humor. And they were like, Harvey, this is hilarious. You should post it. I was like, it, it was like, yo, if you take black backlash, it's just the ones that you don't need on your page. And it's true. Absolutely. You know, if I if they if they get uh sensitive with me, they got to learn that my page is not sensitivity. You know, I don't. No, it's not one thousand percent. And those are facts, bro. Now tell me, Harvey, how did you come up with the name Professor TNT? That's simple, man. Uh, all throughout um elementary school, middle school, high school, I was the only Trinidadian in my school, so all my guys used to just call me TNT for Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, a lot of people think it's TNT like dynamite. And you could also use that analogy that it is because I blow up anywhere I go. But, you know, uh, you know, so, <laughs> but after my accident and, um, you know, and we, you know, I, like a lot of my guys used to come to the studio before we even start recording. I used to just be talking about their life and I would give them such good advice. And they were like, man, you're like a professor, bro. You're like a professor. And then one of my friends went and told this girl because she was going through some stuff with her boyfriend stuff came. And I talked to him, it was like, and he was like, I'm going to take you to see the professor. And the name just stuck on me with, oh, yeah, the professor, the professor. So in 2000, I just joined it, Professor TNT. Cool. Awesome. Now, how did you learn how to sing, write, and make music? Well, it all comes from writing. And like I tell any of my new guys, you know, um, it's all about writing. You just got to keep writing. You know, I write short story, poetry and all this other stuff. And, uh, when you write, the more you write, then you start accumulating this, uh, this, uh, skill set that the, your vocabulary is like, Oh my God, hold on. You know, you could do this. You could do that. You know, and I just started writing more. It became from writing. And then sometimes I, I still amaze myself for like, Oh my God, I can't believe I wrote that. You know what I mean? Like you, you yeah. just amaze yourself. And when you could keep on doing that, and keep on amazing yourself. It all comes from writing. You know, just keep writing. Absolutely. 1,000%. And now tell us a bit more about your record label, uh, Phantom Red Entertainment. So Phantom Red Entertainment started in 1999, right? Uh, me and my uh, close friend, you know, we decided after, you know, my mentor was in the picture. And he was like, you know, you guys should just uh, do everything your own. You know, we started coming up with name. I was like, you know what? I wanted something that represented music and represented me. So the red just mean that I'm a cancer and I, I, my birthstone is a ruby and it's red. So it came from that. And oh, Phantom, okay. Yeah. And Phantom just mean that uh, just like Phantom of the Opera, that's why the logo has like a Phantom logo to it that we created ourselves with the mask and everything. The Phantom represents the music. Why? Because in the Phantom of the Opera, if anybody ever seen it, uh, you could hear the music, but you can't see the phantom, you know? So that's exactly what the music is. You can't see music, but you could hear music. And just because you can't see something don't mean it don't make you feel a certain way because music just gets to your soul. Music can make you cry. Music can make you angry. Music can make you just feel good in general. And you don't need to see what's behind the music. You don't need to see a face to understand that music is spiritual. It, absolutely absolutely and with the now, entertainment mm -hmm. i i didn't want to limit myself to phantom red studio phantom red label or phantom you know stuff like that. i was like entertainment because i wanted this label uh to be more than just music like later on i wanted to be like in movies and in, in skits and like things like that so let's say phantom red entertainment i just want to entertain everyone in all different levels Awesome. Awesome. Now, your first track was about your accident, Looking in the Sky. Are all your tracks about you real... Heard you heard that? <laughs> I did. I do my Where work. Did I... Where'd you get that? Hey, now, the internet is a vast <laughs> wealth of knowledge, and oh, I'm so an investigator, and... Uh... <laughs> you're good. You're good. You should, yeah, you should find her. You should go out there and start finding people that people can't find. That was good. I can't even find that. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> um, once you're on Google, my friend, the, the world... Oh. Open it opens up a possibility of ever, of finding anything about you anyone. Have to, you have to send me that link. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So yeah. please tell us a bit more about this so, track and yeah. So that track was like yes, one of my first tracks. It was one of the first full song I ever wrote. Um, or write. You know, that's probably not even. Yeah. Right. But the point is, is that I wrote that song. It wasn't even a song. It was just 
thought it was more like poetry of what I was going through at the time of the accident, when it happened, how it happened, what I went through when it happened, you know, and it just explained everything to a T, to a detail. So if someone was asked me, hey, how did the accident happen? And then I and then I was like, you know what, just listen to the song because it explains everything. Like everything I'll tell you, it, the only difference is it rhymes. You know, and, 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 and that's what it is. And, and, and again, I wrote that in the hospital while I was in the IC unit in Jackson Memorial Hospital when I wrote Oh, that. wow. And again, keep in mind that I couldn't move anything from my neck down. I was paralyzed, so I couldn't move anything. So my girlfriend at the time, she was actually writing everything that I told her to write in detail when I wrote it. And then when, um, I came out of the hospital, I was like, you know what? These, I had already done right seven songs. One was called Looking in the Sky because I'm, it, the song is about me looking in the sky, asking Jesus why, why it had to be, why it happened to happen to me. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was more like I'm questioning God's will of why this had to happen to me. Maybe he has a different route for me. Maybe, uh, for me, not this, not this accident not happened. I would have been in the, in the Air Force, uh, dropping bombs and killing people. And here I am here, you know, um, actually saving people. Like I can't tell you how many guys used to be like uh wanted to commit suicide or girls and this and that and i talked to them and they'd be like damn man look at you you're in this situation i got my two arms my two legs and what right. am i doing with my life so it kind of like a realization i wouldn't call it pity but i see in their eyes they they see it life differently when they leave my studio wow and that's ironic that you said you know the air force because you have tnt in your name so you're actually mm -hmm. in a different route, but you're still with the TNT, which is interesting. Yep. Awesome. Now, what unique skills do you have, Harvey, that you think, you know, definitely sets you apart from your competition? I, I don't know if it's a, so much of a skill, but I think it has to do more of an ambition. Okay. I think I think that me being in a wheelchair don't limit me to the things that I can or can't do. Now, don't get me wrong. There are things that I want to do and I can't do. But so, but the things that I can do, I'll do it and I'll do it to the fullest. And the things I can't do, I'll get somebody to do it for my, for myself. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I love gardening too. You know what I'm saying? My grandma, I got into that with my grandma and I just started doing that and I started falling in love. And just because I can't go out there and dig a hole and plant something, I could hire somebody to do it for me. Absolutely. You know, uh, vending, same thing. Me and my cousin, we joined together and we uh, formed a, a vending slash catering company. And um, we was blowing up. You know what I'm saying? We was making a lot of money every single weekend before this whole Corona stuff. But it'll get better. Oh, I saw. I saw you yeah. were everywhere. And that yeah. actually was how I ended up writing that song, uh, Where You At, Bro. Because a lot of, a lot of people were seeing uh, these things with the vending and the catering and the vending and this vent, you know, and the gardening and all this stuff. And there was like, uh, yo, uh, you still rap? And I was like, what do you mean if I still rap? You know, I was getting all these messages. I was like, where you at? Where you been? When's the next album coming out? And I, I was like, okay, it's time for me to just do another album, you know? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what are some of the struggles, um, that artists typically face? I would say one of the main struggles I see come out of my studio is yeah. guys get to a certain point and they give up. Guys and girls. When okay. I say guys, I mean everybody. You know, I, they get to that point. And I, and I say this all the time to a lot of different people is that I see a lot of talent come through my studio. I've worked with a lot of talented people. Just as well, I work with a lot of non-talented people. And right. what I see is that a lot of talented people, when they hit that fifth gear and they're up there and they're doing their stuff, Something maybe happen. Maybe they do some shit, go to jail. Maybe they got a girl pregnant or maybe they're in a relationship where the girl don't like them rapping and want to get a real job or whatever the case is. They fall off. I'll, and I always tell them, I was like, you just had to hit that sixth gear. You you dwell on that fifth gear for so long. All you needed was that sixth gear. You would have blow up, you know? And, and for me, it's like uh, you see a lot of people who would know talent and they have the time, they have the money and they could come in there and record a shitload of song. I'm sorry for cussing. Right. They can write a no, whole bunch fine. of song, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. they, they have no talent. But again, I, I wouldn't sign those people to my uh, to my record label. I'm being paid for a service and I do the service according to what they want. You know? Okay. Very cool. Um, now, what is the most satisfying thing being an artist? Man, the most satisfying thing is when you put so much work into your craft, when you write and you record it 
and you're in there for hours and hours and then you and nothing leave my studio if it's not really good like people people would tell you that you know they were like like i had this one uh situation where a guy tried to claim that he recorded his track with me and he really didn't and oh wow people, yeah and people was like um you okay this with professor tnt and it was like bullshit it was like professor tnt would never let you leave the studio with this bullshit you know what i'm saying because yeah. not only is their song my name is going on it you know what absolutely I'm saying? so, so it's, i think it's a passion of of having that in it you know that you 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 put the passion you put the work in it you know for sure, 1000%. And I mean, you don't want work out there with your name on it that, sorry, it's shit work. And a lot of guys, and that's what set me apart, is that a lot of guys would do work with other people and they'd be like, yeah, it sounds great. And then they'd be like, no, that shit sounds whack. You know right. what I'm saying? And they just do oh, it yeah. for the money. I don't do this for the money. I do this because I enjoy to do it. I could care less about music and becoming this uh this famous artist and uh going platinum and all this i even said it in some of the songs i was like i don't do this for the money and the fame i do this for fun and a lot of my artists could vouch for that because they say straight up and they'll come and be like yo tnt when i blow up i won't forget you i was like listen it don't matter to me you know what i'm saying blow up do what you gotta do i know i did my job at the time when i was supposed to do it right okay sounds good now all artists have different thought processes and creative processes. I mean, I get inspired once I hear a beat. I already start coming up with the lyrics in my head. Like I literally start spitting out lyrics for the track. So I need to hear a beat first before I can come up with a track. What's your creative process like? And a lot of a lot of artists that I run into sometimes says that. It was like, oh well I can't write without a beat. Me I'm No <laughs> Honestly, I really Me, I really I'm can't. <laughs> Me, I'm different. Uh, for me, it's inspiration. It, and it comes from everywhere. Things I see, things people going through that maybe I haven't gone through, things that I've went through that I know people have never been through. And it comes from inspiration. And every time I write, I, it may not come out the way how I started, but it always come out way better than I thought it was going to come out in the first place. You know, so sometime I might write something. I'd be like, you know what? This is, this would sound really good at the end. Well, sometimes I write something and I was like, this is, this might be really good in the middle. And sometimes I might finish up and I'm like, you know what? This sounds really good in the beginning. And then I'll just piece the whole thing together where I'll be like, okay, this sounds like I'm telling a story. I'm a storyteller. You know, right. uh, my, my music would take you on a different level of certain things. And I don't spit lies. Like one thing I don't do is spit lies. Like every, every one of my, uh, 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 songs and stuff like that came from an experience. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, for instance, uh, the, the, the one yellow I know, two yellow I know, the one that you're going to play too, that one came from experience because every time I used to go to the club, they would have one girl in front of me, one girl on the side, the next girl on the side, and <laughs> they just dancing. I even had one girl on my back. You know what I'm saying? Oh my I was gosh. like, oh my God. And then I had to, yeah, my cousins and friends, I'd be like, no, 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 no. He's not trying to risk further injuries. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it, it, it became like that because once I step on the dance floor, that's it. It's shut down. I'm, I hate to say it, but other guys, whoever they dance in with is going to come to me. I'm not copying right. it. This is experience, you know? Right. And actually, that was the exact vibe that when I listened to that track, I thought of, okay, being you're at the club <laughs> and it's just bare gallus everywhere. Like, that's maybe, how uh, I... <laughs> maybe maybe they just be like, oh my gosh, here's a guy in a wheelchair. I just want to dance, you know? Maybe they want to put it on the portfolio to be like, I dance with a guy in a wheelchair. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the same time, I'm like, I just dance. You know what I'm saying? That's I, it. Maybe, maybe I'm not whining punya, like grinding like most of these guys do. You know right. what I'm saying? But I put up my arm, holding my drink, let you do what you got to do. This is what you wanted to do in the beginning. Right. You're, enjoy you're enjoying yourself and Enjoy. that's it. That's, 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 it. that's all it's about. Awesome. Now, we all have areas in our career where we can definitely do a little bit more improvement, some self-improvement. What would you say is something that you're working on improving? I would say I would so much work on improving my uh, R&B skills. You know, okay. um, I know what? I have the voice for it. You okay. know, um, I've had guys who done R&B. I've done songs with them. And I, I see where the potential is. I don't try to, I, I didn't try to feed into it too much because I don't want my fans or my peoples to be like, what? You know what I'm saying? Because they know me for that hip hop storytelling. 
Right. You know, you know there, there, there's a song, uh, there's a song on, on my, on my, uh, on my Reverb Nation that calls, um, you make me a better me. And I did the background for, uh, 1B. That's a big artist down here too, you know, and, um, uh, Casanova, I did a background for him too, you know, and it, it was kind of like just testing the waters to see where it's at. I don't think, uh, uh, anytime soon I would do a full track on it, but I would have, uh, I would do a background for it. But I think that, um, I think that for me, uh, educating myself on, or, or basically training and, 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 and rehearsing on that level, if I wanted to, you know, experience that. Okay. Sounds good. And now you've touched upon your injury with the paralyzation. You know, it happened when you were 16 and you've been dealing with dealing with it your whole life. Can you talk a little a bit about your injury? Well, I'm a C4, C5. That means that where that injury is, it limits me from my chest down. Now, okay. I have feelings throughout my whole body, which is weird because the doctors say that um, you're not supposed to have that. But when my accident happened, the doctors came in and they was like, you will never walk again. You'll be bedridden for the rest of my life. Uh, wow. That didn't happen. Wow. I started moving my arms and, uh, started moving like my wrists and stuff like that. And then, uh, and then I had a therapist say that, Hey, you know what? You're moving so much. You could drive yourself. And I was like, what? And they say, yeah. So in 2003, um, you know, uh, I started seven years after my accident, I started learning how to drive and I did that. And just, uh, recently about two years ago, my captain at the time when I was in civil air patrol training you to go to the air force, she came and said that, you know what? You could fly planes. And I was like, no, nah, I think I'm just going to stop. With oh, cars. wow. And, you know, but she was like, no, it'll be great. There's guys out there who are paralyzed in wheelchairs and they're flying planes. And that always been one of your main passion. That was my first love. My second wow. love was music. And then, uh, gar- and then, uh, gardening and cooking became my second and third and fourth. You know what I'm saying? So for me, it's like, I would always be able to enjoy what I do. And I always tell people that, uh, do the things you enjoy because when you get up in the morning, you don't want to go to something and be like, Oh man, damn, I got to go work. You know, I get up right. in the morning, I'm like, oh yes, I can't wait to go to the garden. I can't see what's growing. I can't wait to go to the studio, uh, things that I'm recording. I can't wait to go vending. People are eating my food. You know, they enjoying it. They keep on saying, oh, this is the best food they ever tasted. You know, like things like that, you know, so. Exactly. Okay. That is awesome. And I mean, you've overcome so much. And the fact that you're able to fly a plane my friend, that is incredible because that is not something easy for anybody. That's for sure. Well, she already know that. Um, like I said, I was master sergeant. I was a cadet, uh, squad, um, the leader of my squadron. Um, yeah. I was actually doing all the drills. You know, I was, I'll be the one to tell people, give me 20 push up, 50 push up, run around this block. I was the one doing that. So yeah. she knew that I had the motivation for it. So she's not going to come in and tell me, you know, this, that she know that. I'm not going to do it. So I say it's on my bucket list. Um, I'm going to be, uh, 40, you know, in two weeks. And I said to myself, you know, by the time I'm 45, I'll add that to my list. Okay. Looking forward to that, my friend. That's awesome. Having recorded some music now and all the experience that you've gained with producing, with recording music, working with artists, all of the above. What do you wish you've know you knew before when you first started out? What would have helped you uh with your success even further? Oh man, that's a good question. Um <laughs> I think I think uh you asked some good questions. Um Thank you. I, I think for me, it wasn't so much my mind. I think what limited me was being able to be mobile enough as someone who's walking to be able to go to these events and do these events because there was a lot of events people was asking me down here in Miami and the stage was so tall that I couldn't get up on stage, you know? Uh, and, and, and again, I wrote, I used to like, I used to weight train with, uh, with all the football players and a lot of my football oh, wow. players would go out there and help me get up on stage. But I think that's when they're not available, I couldn't do those events. And I think that was one of the things that limit me. And on top of that, you know, um, Again, you fell in love with different things and, you know, uh, you start focusing on those diff- and those things in order to make things work. You have to be able to give 110% that I couldn't do so much in the studio. And I, I, I fell into that gap, uh, for 15 years, just recording other people, 
you know, and I didn't think about myself at the time. And now, I you know, with this whole, you know, that's why I say everything happened for a reason. This whole Corona thing had me thinking a lot, you know, and yeah. um, I just said to myself, maybe I have all this time. I can't bring nobody to the studio because of the whole social distancing and the mask. Right. And I'm going to have to spray down the mic every time they leave. That's ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. So right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this time, this opportunity to just work on myself and come back out. And because I, I have so much uh, writing skill, I could knock out a whole song in in like two hours. And that's including me working on the beat. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Because I can knock out a beat in 30 minutes, mix, master it, have it ready in one hour. And then I could write, while that's playing, I could write a whole song with hook and verses and make it have sense. And that's the thing where a lot of, a lot of people, they go in the studio and they write songs and it's just like, you make no sense. It's just talking about a whole bunch of gibberish. But my stuff is storytelling, so I stick Yeah. And, you know, that's exactly the angle that I position my music as well. It's all stories from my experience because who knows more about your own life story than yourself? And it's mm-hmm. storytelling. And I find that when you're actually telling a story, it just flows easier because exactly. it makes sense. That's, exactly. you know, that's what I find. Awesome. Awesome. Now, touching upon COVID, you know, it's definitely caused so much havoc in the entertainment industry. How has it affected your music career so far? I would say uh, a lot of uh, people that I wanted to record and work with, I had to put that on hold. Right. You know, uh, when this year started, I had a list of stuff I wanted to do uh, with a lot of people. You know, and because of this situation, a lot of people depend on me for a lot of different things. So not only has it affected me, but they don't trust nobody else to record their music. So for them, they'd be like, listen, T, when all this is said and done, I'm coming back right there. Because the family value that they have when they step in my studio is not like they get anywhere else where it's like, I'm going to record you. This is your time. Get the fuck out. You know, right. I'm sorry to say it like that, but that's that's exactly what it is for a lot of these producers and a lot of these studios. And then they pay X amount of dollars for it. Listen, I work out a plan with my guys. I was like, and, and every guy you talk to would tell you exactly TNT has said that, that if you have the time, come and record with me. If you don't have the time, then we can't do anything about it. Don't wait for yourself to have the money to come and record because you'll never have the money. Record with me because you have the time. And when the time comes where you have the money, then pay. I won't release it to you till I get paid. And that's fair. So when you have the time, some guys will have like 13, 14 tracks and we'll have it there waiting. And then when they come around, like, hey, man, I just got my check and this and that. I want to buy the two songs, this and that. And they'll get that, you know, like things like that. So. Oh, wow. Honestly, Harvey, I have never heard anyone ever say something like that before. And I work with. A lot of producers, a yep. lot of studios. Exactly. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I, you know, I've been recording my own music as well. Either you have the money and get oh, it done don't. or you don't get it done until you have the money. Exactly. And I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to anybody. You know, um, wow. I know that I can't send it to you until I get paid. And at the right. same time, I can't hold you back from really wanting an event because let's say you were a song. This happened with a few female artists. Like, you know, they went through some shit. And they came to my studio, they started recording, they were crying and stuff like that. And I'm like, listen, when you get over your stuff, you know what I'm saying? You could come back. And, and, and they was like, whenever they get over their stuff, they'll come back. I was like, no, record it with the, record it with that emotion. Because three months from now, when you come back, you already got over the nigga. You know what I'm saying? You're talking to another dude. And that, what you felt at that time when you wrote it would not sound like what it is, what it would have become, you know? Right. Okay, very cool. Now, we have a ton of listeners, um, you know, getting to know you today. What message do you have for someone maybe curious about the music game, maybe, you know, has been writing a track, but really doesn't know where how to even go about this process, how to even start? What message do you have for someone like that? A lot of people could complicate this very simple scenario. Uh, my advice would be keep writing. I'm working with a guy right now called Baby Yeti Teddy out of uh, Orlando. He's really good. He's only been recording and writing for two years. And every time he comes in, and listen, he's in Orlando, I'm in Miami, it's a four-hour drive. 
this guy wouldn't record anything with no one. He would wait till he get time off from his job to come down here to work with me because I keep teaching him of the writing skills. So don't be afraid of trying to rush into something. It's okay. You're going to listen to that track two, three, four years from now and be like, what the hell was I thinking? You know? So my advice is do not rush anything. Take the time to learn your craft. It's, it's with anything. Like you can't go to school one year to be a doctor and then automatically you're doing surgery. You know what I'm saying? So you have right. to be able to learn that craft, learn that craft to the point where you, where people that, and, and again, you're going to have some people around you be like, yeah, that shit is fire. And it's really not. You know, you have to go on the outside limb. Don't even say who you are, you know, because this is how I got the fame here in North Miami Beach is that when I did that tape, that mixtape back in 99 and 2000, my friend, right, was driving around with me in the car. We went to every hood we could think about, every gangster hood you could think about, right? And there were guys on the street, you know, dealing, doing what they're going. And it was like, yo, let me ask you a question, right? You know, uh, what do you think about this track? Not telling them who I am and I did it or whatever. Like, he's like, what you think about this track? And they played him like, yo, that shit's fire. Yo, that shit's what, you know what I mean? And we got the streets and we got the people to say that shit sounds good. You know what I'm saying? Do not rely on the people around you because they're going to give you false information. Don't get me wrong. If you really trust somebody and they, you know, the guys that are around are like, you know, you could have done this different. You could have done that different. Let's take out this and put that. And that's what you depend on. You know, but I don't want to sound cocky again. When I do something, it sounds that great because remember, I've been writing for more than 20 years, you know? Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Now, you are also a gardener with your whole, <laughs> with your whole just grow something. That's an easy way to put it. Uh, people say farmer, but I like the gardener. I like the no. gardener. No. <laughs> trying to keep a little classy here my friend you're a gardener so mm -hmm. you know i'm not milking cows <laughs> no you ain't I, picking I, I said that i said that in the song and, and where you at bro it says that you know people is like where you at you know i see you gardening and vending and so i had to i had to do the reapproach to be like uh yeah i'm a gardener i'm not milking cows you hear it in the song i heard <laughs> that part and i actually burst out <laughs> laughing i will be playing it for our listeners after our interview not to worry but please tell us about your initiative just grow something and the impact it has around you just grow something man let me tell you uh while i was just i was out there in west palm i have a house and stuff like that i have like two acres so i started growing things and a lot of people started seeing the videos like man i would really like to grow like that but i can't grow it i'm in an apartment and this and that so i would i would explain to them i was like you don't have to grow what i grow just grow something you know so i was like it, 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 you could have in a small little pot by your windowsill you know uh some basil you know or some thyme or some parsley you know cilantro you could gr you could still grow these things like i just set up one of my uh close friends with a whole uh with a whole uh uh she has like a patio uh little six feet patio and she don't really be out there but she was like what can i do with this patio went out there and i set up a whole bunch of buckets and now she got tomatoes peppers you know a whole bunch of stuff so it's it's not so much about what you can grow it's just just grow something grow anything you know like like for instance radish radish only takes 30 days about 21 to 30 days to harvest you could get a small little tray and you could get them very cheap maybe a dollar or two at the dollar store family dollar or whatever get a little kit like that fill it up with some soil and just spread a whole bunch of radish every week you'll be harvesting radish and that would last you a week so if every week you're harvesting radish and you're planting more radish then every week you will get radish just grow something Awesome. And what are some of the things that you have growing in your farm, Harvey? Oh, man. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because the other day my cousin and I was talking about what we're going to grow, what have we already grown, and what's growing now. And the list is long. I couldn't even get into it. You know, I, like, it's a lot. Like, you name it, we we definitely probably have it. Like, a lot of Caribbean stuff. So I got things like same, which is Heisenbeam. I got Bodhi. Yeah, I got nice. Bodhi. Nice. You guys, I think, call it Bora, which is uh, long <laughs> yeah. beans. Yeah, I got to say for everything because when I send out the text, I'm like, I got Bodhi or long bean. People are like, who? 
you know, I was like, I was like, okay, let me explain. You need bore off. Yeah. You know, I yeah. have like a June plum for the Jamaicans, which is called golden apple for you guys. We call it pump today. We got pomerac. Like, I mean, okay. the list goes on. Like the peppers, I got every single pepper you could think about from scorpion pepper to Anaheim. Yes. I got all of it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So ghost, uh, ghost peppers, you know, um, Congo pepper, which is scotch bonnet. And people was like, Ooh. what do you call it Congo pepper? I was like, yeah, I never heard that, that before. Brought, yeah, because that pepper was bought from the Congo in Africa to the islands. And that's how we have Congo pepper. Okay, very cool. I can't wait to uh, sink my teeth into those scorpion peppers. Let me tell you, I've, Dogs, I've seen them no, over the you, years. No, you, you say Woo. you can't wait. You, you might yeah. as well wait because <laughs> just the other day we had like the Father's Day barbecue and uh, my cousin was like, bring me one of them scorpion pepper. I want to make a sauce for the barbecue. I'm like, I nice. don't know. And I took it over there. And when he cut it in half and he smelt it, he literally burst into tears. You know? He so just he was smelt like, it. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to put a quarter of this. And he didn't even cut from where the, where the seed was. He just cut the outside and he, you know, he uh, mixed it in with the barbecue sauce and stuff like that. And a lot wow. of people was like, oh, my God, this is too fire. We can't even eat this. So. Okay, based on hearing that, I definitely want to try them because I love everything muy, muy, muy caliente. You know oh, that. You say that now because I had a Mexican <laughs> who was like, yeah, man, I need that shit to be like real hot. I'm like, okay. And I gave it to him some of my pepper sauce I made. He was like, bro, I can even eat the whole thing. I put one little tablespoon and I just touched it. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Nice. Well, when this whole COVID situation is uh, done... Hopefully, we're fingers crossed it's going to be happening soon, but, you know, we still don't know what our future holds. What upcoming events, projects you would like our listeners to know about? Oh, man, I'm I'm definitely working on the album. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to try to compel uh, about maybe 12 to 15 tracks. New tracks. Oh, wow. Okay. It's not going to be some old stuff that you heard in the past and um, already did uh, two, three of them already, you know, so... For me, it's just like I want to be able to touch on every different level. You know, that's my main thing the, the, for the studio. Uh, right. The music, for the vending, you know, uh, we have a whole line of uh, food and on our menu. I want to upgrade it to different things. You know, uh, we already have like curry chicken, stew chicken, jerk chicken. We have, uh, you know, the hot dogs, jerk hot dogs. And that's how we blew up with the vending is because nobody was doing jerk hot dogs. I boiled the hot dogs in a jerk seasoned brine that I made myself. No, I'm not going to give you the recipe because that's the secret. You know, so. Yeah. Uh, and we blew up with that. And uh, as far as the gardening, um, I have a nursery that I'm working on right now. Um, I already have them dump five truckloads of mulch um, that I got for free because I know the guy for a long time. He has a tree service and uh, they normally pay $50 to go dump it in the in the dump. But I told him dump it for me for free and I give him a 12 pack. So it's a, it's a nice little workout, you know, Um, and, and, and we're going to have, again, a whole line of stuff from dashing, which is taro. We have the leaves and stuff like that. We're going to have the Karaili, which is Karaila, which is bitter melon, an American word. You know, um, nice, I, I'm, nice. I, I'm trying to supply these uh these uh caribbean stores that we have down in south florida that cannot get these things commercially on a cheap level they can get it but you're gonna run in there getting a bundle of baji which is a bunch of tarot leaf you know uh for like 15 16 dollars you know i want to bring it down to like five dollars so that way a lot of people will get get to it and it's like you can't be rich to just make a kalalu you know what i'm saying so Oh, wow. Okay. And I'll be honest with you. I've never even heard of a jerk hot dog before. Exactly. That's all I'm saying, my friend. That's revolutionary. Exactly. And so, a curry chicken quesadilla. Have you heard about that? A lot of I'm people sorry, know about what? the quesadilla. <laughs> yeah. So a quesadilla sorry, is what? for the people yeah, for the people that don't know about quesadilla. All it is is shredded meat, cheese, and they fold it and then they grill it on both sides. Now you don't have to use meat. But what we do, we take it to another step and then we uh, we um, curry our chicken breast and then shred it. So now when people want a quesadilla on the menu, like, whoa, what the hell is a curry chicken quesadilla? Like, you want to try it? We make them one, let them try it. And then sometimes they get like 10. Wow. Yeah. That sounds mouthwateringly delicious. When you come. Ah, uh, come in. <laughs> let, 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 the, let the borders open. The first place I'm going to is right to Florida. Um, so now 
Where can our listeners connect with you online? I know you have a really good social media presence with your uh, Reverb Nation, your Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we got. I got an iCloud too that I'm gonna start uh, maintaining more. I've neglected it for a while, but uh, more music is coming in. Um, you know, so I'm gonna be uh, uh, uploading these things to these platforms. So okay. the Reverb Nation and the I, uh, iCloud, and they can even follow me. Uh, Professor TNT on Facebook. I have a music page so they could go to that music page and see a listing of my songs on there as well. Okay. Can you, uh, sorry, can you provide the link at what? It's Professor TNT. Like if they type in Professor TNT, two things going to show up my personal page and the music page. So they'll see music. You just click on the music page. Regardless, I always post it on my personal page. So, Okay, perfect. And now my question for you is because you're definitely one of the industry leaders with all your years of experience, 20 years is a long time, man. And, you know, so much success you've uh, you've had over the years. I, I know that I've, even from this conversation alone with you, Harvey, I've personally learned so much because yeah. that was something, the mistake that I started doing when I originally started music, right. I was rushing. I was yeah. rushing. I was rushing. Yeah, you and can't you, rush. Yeah. And you heard it in, in the music. You heard the mm-hmm. fact that I was rushing things. But you have something there, you know? Uh, and like I said, I was like, I would love to tell you stop working with people and just work with me <laughs> you know because, no no serious like i would say like even uh some of your close friends was like can you work with her because i don't like these people she's working with i was like listen i was like maybe sometimes people need to go through what they go through you know right you know well that's actually another question on my list when are we making a track together <laughs> I feel like I'm on Oprah. <laughs> I'm like, what? You get a car, you get a car, you yeah, get yeah. a track. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. I, I wouldn't mind, you know, any day, any time. But a lot of times when a new artist, you know, just in the game, and and here's why I, I, I don't do it with new artists is because mm. I tend to overshine that okay. person. You see what I'm okay. saying? Like, like for instance, Baby Eddie Teddy. And I always bring him up because he's one of my newest artists. You know, um, you can check out my baby, Eddie Teddy, you know, yeah, I'll take a, a look. Instagram, he has a Facebook, he's doing big things. This guy has a doll that looks like him. He's so networking, hats, shirt. I'm like, damn, making me jealous. I haven't even make a doll of Professor TNT. I guarantee you he'll be something in a wheelchair, you know? So, but <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing is like, you know, he'd been asking me too for the longest while. And I was like, ah, you know, and I'm honest with him. I'll tell him, I was like. Uh, keep writing. You know, I don't want to say you're not ready yet because, you know, right. but at the same time, it's like I could make him ready even though he is not. There was a competition right. back in 2002 here in Miami and the competition was, let's see how good these producers and engineer is. If they could take someone that never rapped before and make them rap. I took my cousin and we did a song called You Don't Want to F With Me and it was a Miami song and I wrote a verse for him. Uh, granted, it took us 18 hours and two 12 pack of Heineken, you know what I'm saying, to get it down. And we did it. And when I, when I, when we submitted to, uh, to the company, they was like, holy shit. I was like, this guy murdered a track and you would never know that he was never a rapper. But that's just oh, wow. to show you that if you work with me, right. And again, though, that was just 18 hours. That was just 18 hours. If you work with me, we'll keep on getting right. Look, I have, we have a song called, um, there's a song you could, you, uh, we actually did a small little video clip called um 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 what's it called drinking rum right right and if you type in professor uh tnt drinking rum you'll see it on youtube my dj right that you know i signed him and stuff like that i knew him since he was 15 years old i waited for him to get to that level where i was like you know what you got to represent the phantom red entertainment um he was uh, uh working with another dj named dj dex and both of them had a whole crew called music junkie they changed their name i didn't tell them they changed the name to phantom red crew you know, and okay. they became the DJ for Phantom Red. They were all over the place. And he and he didn't want to. But I told him, I was like, you know what? It'd be great if you get on the track with me. He's like, bro, I can't rap. I was like, that's nothing. And he jumped on the song with me. If you hear him spit, 
He never rapped in his life. I wrote it. I showed him how to do it. I sang it for him. And he, we knocked it out again in another 18, 20 hours. And again, this is not no sleep. We went from morning all the way to the night to the next morning. When oh I was gosh. working on, yeah, when wow. I was working on my album for Trinidad, uh, back in 2000, right? Uh, I got up like around 10, 11 o'clock. We recorded all night to about six o'clock, went to sleep for like two, three hours, got back up and recorded again. At that time, I did not have a studio. So what I did was I ran uh, uh, a cord, a headphone cord all the way from the living room is a hundred feet from there, from the living room to my bathroom. I even put one of my mattress on the, on my room door and I put another mattress on the bathroom door to get that sound approved. I even run the mic cord all the way from the living room to the bathroom. And that's how I did that first album. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my thing is like, you, it's who you work with. Mm-hmm. It really is who you work with because some people could bring out the best in you and some people not bring out anything. And then you'll find yourself trying to struggle to do everything by yourself. It, you said it exactly as is, because what I've been noticing, especially with the whole coronavirus situation, it's, it's tough actually learning from anyone because here it's like, I'm getting their vocal files. They're getting my vocal files. The producers are putting everything together. No one has actually learned anything from each other. It's no, just two it has, two sets of vocal files and beats, basically. You have to be able to be head-to-head on point. Now, don't get me wrong. Eddie uh, lives in Orlando. Okay. A lot of times, he has his own little set in his house. He'll record his vocals. He'll record his ad-libs, his background, his chorus, and, and then email me every single thing individually and send me the beat. And then I will go in there and edit everything. And even if he's off, at a certain point, I cut that little piece out and drag it over a little bit if he's slow or, or bring it back if he's too fast. And that's why I talk about the love for music that most people would just take your track, take your vocals, slap it on a beat and be like, here, there you go. Yeah. I go the extra mile and be like, no, this is off. You're not even on point. And then I'll cut it up and be like, drag this, put this, put that, put that. You should hear his last year Halloween <laughs> tracks. It was crazy, and I edited the whole thing, you know, all, all three songs or something like that. It was crazy. You, I put everything in the beginning, like Chucky, like the voice, and people running, and the footsteps, and the, you <laughs> nice. know, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to hear it. But, you know, okay, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely gonna take a listen because I love seeing the transition from when a track is recorded in the raw, and then it gets to you guys, the whole mixing, mastering. You won't Making believe. the magic happening. You won't believe some of the stuff I got. I was like, oh my God, this is a lot of work. I was like, but I was like, you know what? I see it as a challenge for me. I was like, all right, did, did this stuff, right? Maybe it was half-assed. Maybe it was just like, hey, I just want to get this out before it's whatever. And then now it's my job to be like, you know what? I'm going to make this shit sound fire. Right. Okay. Very cool. So Harvey, what's next for you? What's next, man? Uh, what is next? What's next is I'm going to knock these uh, these tracks out um, okay. for the thing. Because today, tomorrow, that this country opened back up, I'm going to have to uh, devote my time to the vending again with my cousin and get back out there. Because I'll tell you what, we was killing it. People was asking us, where are you going to be at? Where are you going to be at? And we was doing big stuff. We wasn't like on the street. This is not no street corner service. We was actually the only cart. And I say cart because we're not a truck. We were the only cart amongst trucks, food trucks in Miami that was doing events. Okay. Like there was like uh movie events where movie in the park, there was concert, like Motown was here. We had the barbecue bear festival. We was there and we were the only cart that was there keeping up with all of these guys. You know what I'm saying? It was like, man, how are you, how did you even get in? I was like, because you guys are not doing what we do. It was like, yeah, but wow. it's hot dog, but this has a big yeah. sign that says jerk hot dogs and curry chicken quesadilla is one of our best sellers. And we'll take it a step up. And we have something called the chili quesadilla dog. What that is, is, yeah. the, case, <laughs> is the, is the, is the tortilla, right? Put with the curry chicken inside, the shredded curry chicken, cheese, peppers and onions. And a foot-long hot dog, jerk hot dog, in the middle. We fold it, right? And we sell that. Wow. It's huge. 
That and if sounds go, massive. If they, go, if they go with one with every thing, and it's spelled exactly like a Caribbean, one wit, which is W-I-T, right? There's no H in this, right? Every E-V-E-R-Y thing, T-I-N-G. And okay. I have that on my Facebook as well. If they go on there, they'll see some uh, some dishes, something, some things on our menu. Be like, what? Like we just did for the seafood festival. The guy was like, nah, we don't want a hot dog. I was like, what is a seafood dish, a seafood festival? I was like, what are you guys doing? They was like, oh, crab, boil, this, that, whatever. I was like, all right, cool. I told my cousin, I was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make curry, uh, curry fish. We're going to make curry crab, and we're going to make curry shrimp. Man, we went out there, boom. In, in like yes. less than two hours, we was out. Because a lot of, wow, remember, this is this is South Florida. A lot of people say, right. curry, they see a big sign say curry. I was like, curry what? He's like, this is curry seafood. This is a seafood battle, you know? That's actually amazing because you guys always get the freshest of everything down in everything. South Florida, man. Oh, yeah. You were oh, yeah. so lucky. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, professor, there are probably tons of your fans listening right now. Uh, what message do you have for them? Stay tuned. Big things coming. Woo woo. Excited. I Definitely keep it short. I keep it short, excited. simple and sweet. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned because big things are coming okay awesome well that was epic guys you know honestly harvey you're on fire my friend i truly admire the fact that with everything that you've gone through you've never let anything hold you back in life you're a fighter and you just keep winning and doing big things so i am so proud of you appreciate and honestly it's just amazing accomplishments that you've been doing. Definitely very inspiring to me with my music. You know, I know that you're one of the leaders and definitely I can't wait to see what things are coming, checking out your new music. And let me tell you, I still want to try those scorpion peppers, my friend. I got I'm you. not done with that. I can't I wait. You. I can't I'm wait. I'm just warning you. I'm just warning you that you better have a glass of milk. <laughs> You better put down a glass of wine and you better sip a glass of milk. <laughs> Listen, I'm willing to risk going blind at this time, okay? <laughs> because I've, I've always been eyeing those peppers from years now. And I'm like, come on. I need to know what a chocolate, chocolate scorpion pepper tastes is like. Tastes like hell. Woo! <laughs> a, good, a good hell or a bad hell? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how you like hell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, Harvey. It was awesome. You definitely are a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, keep shining, my friend. We're all we excited have, we, to see big things from you. Definitely. We have to do a part two. Awesome. Awesome. So that pretty much concludes our show today, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And I will be leaving you with one of Harvey's newer tracks. It's called Where You At, Bro? Uh, you can find it on Reverb Nation and you can also find it um, on his music page. So stay tuned. Lots more coming. Hope you guys will be joining me next week. We will be featuring Vincey's Bad Boy straight out of Brooklyn. We got Robin Child coming. So hope you guys will be tuning in and thanks for joining us, everyone. Peace. They keep on asking TNC with album coming out. They must be curious, forgot about what I'm about. I keep on hustling, busting, and pushing from the south. So they lost, cause every minute, yo, I'm on a different route. Oh, wait, Mr. Farmer, you a gardener now. Don't get it twisted, I'm not getting up to milk no cow. But it's not that difficult, the things I know will make you out. When if you step up in my world, definitely could show you how. Where you at, bro? You still rap, bro? I see a million different things. I just want to know. Gardening and vending, even a little catering. Got them all wondering, thinking a million different things. Where you at, bro? You still rap, bro? I see a million different things. I just want to know. Gardening and vending, even a little catering. Got them all wondering, thinking a million different things. Where you at? Ah, ah, ah. 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 
came here with nothing in my name And now I got a little fame I struggle in It's still the same I master in this game I'm in It's all about trust that I gain Had to bust my ass on so Now I'm off a chain You can't see the pain in my life The things I went through The shit I slept through Your dog I bet you If I give you a chance in my shoe You know crib asylum You be there in a day or two It's true You go crazy Sure lose your mind Yo I never been to jail And I never did a crime For a nigga who they good And should have been this hard to shine Every time I spit a line You're relating to my rhyme I got love for all who started from scratch Cause I've been there, done that Fact I'm not going back Work, pay a bill, aim high You'll survive as TNT one time Struggling to stay alive Stay alive, stay alive, stay alive I just wanna know Gardening and vending Even a little catering Got them all wondering Thinking a million different things Where you at bro? You still rap bro? I see a million different things I just wanna know Gardening and vending Even a little catering Got them all wondering Thinking a million different things Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at?